Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. I just started a foundation and it's all about essentially like it it arcs the 30 years of pre- of uh, service, I call it, in mental health. And I've worked in city, county, state government, currently um, with underprivileged kiddos on, that are neurodiverse. So I have worked at, a ma- I was a staff psychologist at maximum security prison and veteran recovery. And I was wondering at 61, what could I contribute? And I thought my people, Sicilians, I'm writing a book on my heritage because it informs so much of who I am in my professional life. And it's brought me to this place where my best understanding of what's stopping us from mental, you know, the mental health crisis is, is severe. So What's stopping us from moving through solutions? And what I find is that we've lost our imagination to find, to to believe, imagine that other cultures are profoundly informative and imagine that what you see or what you hear is not necessarily what someone else is communicating if English is a second language or there's significant cultural um, issues. So I think the Sicilian American story uh, parallels uh, many of the issues that a lot of people who are browner in the United States uh, encounter. So it's um, well and when, yeah um when i was a kid um i always felt that i was brown well i knew i was browner than everyone and i would never be pink and blonde <laughs> i mean i might highlight my hair right <laughs> but i like the I like the hair yeah definitely thank you um yes. you know so uh, that, but, um, and and when my name was called in class, I remember, I go, oh, I wish my name was Jones or because I was called a grease. I'm going to use these terms because I don't think, I think they're informative, right? Grease ball, um, Dago, what, you know, 
not legitimate immigrants, right? And in Italy, there's a caste system. We go from light to dark, and Sicily is at the the bottom, and there's a lot of mixing in a Sicilian culture. And we're we're virtually we are peasants. And none of my family spoke English when they started school, but are profoundly successful um, and uh, didn't finish school because they had to work. And I worked my way through college and that was expected because my people decided in Sicily, no more what's called the Via Vecchia. My, and my last name is Vecchio, and that is no more the old road. We want education for our children and to leave poverty. And FDR, there were there were lots of um, walls and barriers, and even laws that were passed to keep us out. And um, the book documents not that we're special in this but it's a unique kind of story right so um that was the scenario until the godfather came out and wow. then what did we do the movie have you seen it yes, yes. Mo- i i loved i love the character he is genius well, he is genius i love film yeah and one of the things about The Godfather that uh, the psychology of it is this very idea of what we've Somehow done here. Some of his also matching with his. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But mine are tinted because I'm an artist. Like, I have to be funky town. <laughs> but um, so uh, one of the laws that they passed and FDR, I mean, he was one of my favorite presidents, right? And I... I'm researching for the book. Booker T. Washington said that Sicilians suffered more than um, the Southern uh, African-Americans that were picking cotton. And again, not that we're special, but first of all, people are really interested because the Godfather romanticized it. But that's the interesting thing. And I think the dilemma that's, shown is Michael is legitimate, right? In the beginning, meaning, and and in my family, you know, and and I came from real Sicilians. And um, so he starts there and he ends here. And by the time it's over and he's a ruthless criminal, right? Suddenly we're finding ourselves sympathetic and rooting, right? For a criminal, right? And it's such a great movie that it's so easy to get caught up in that, right? But from my perspective, and I belong to the uh, Italian American Federation, and we specifically point out and try to educate the uh, stereotypes. Um, and I, I think. Um, it's it's not that I mean, I think the movies are designed to engage us. The, and and the issue, too, is, you know, um, I got a lot of judgment. And I think the idea that 
criminals themselves can be very complex. So if one lands on the side that that's um, offensive, I think that it's informative. And it was my experience in, entirely growing up. My father was a, uh, a printer, owned his own business. And um, there's a little pocket, a little Italy. I grew in Cleveland, uh, but really immersed in that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I think now I have come to believe that the threat of humanity is this idea of capturing imagination and creating our own unique life. Mm -hmm. And I think if we stay in that lane, we can connect, which is also at the root, right? But you can't possibly know the culture of a family, the culture of a people, a faith entirely. Let's get curious instead of afraid, right? Um, so, um, you know, false evidence appearing real, right? Fear and uh, the false evidence of what we um, put forward. Um, so um, anyways, I, so the book weaves in um, kind of the psychology of how that impacts other people and designed to inform that we can't really know all the stories. Uh, we sometimes look at the broader uh, cultures, but um, I work with neurodiverse individuals they're so unique and special and they have superpowers. And I feel like often when I work with them, if I'm hunting to find their dialect and I find it and it's each one is a new language, then um, we're in the sweet spot, you know, so. That's great. That's great. And um, so uh, this is this is this is one of the episode I would uh, like to mention that um, I'm really enjoying because uh, oh, yes yes and there are a lot of lot of things and especially this episode will um I, i'll keep this very simple uh in all the episodes i start with the introduction and all but here in this episode i'll start with uh definitely uh the normal natural discussions and what uh like Dr. Catherine has mentioned, I really loved it. And uh, listeners, I believe you will also love this. So this is this is something a bit different, uh, but we started with something natural and uh, I really enjoyed it. And people definitely would love to uh, love like uh, what she has shared. It's totally natural. So I'd also hear, uh, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, to Catherine, uh, to all the uh, listeners that and also, I'd like to uh, welcome to this uh, another episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. I'm your host, Avik. And today, uh, like, we have a very, 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 very special guest joining us. So, actually, she has already joined. So, her name is Dr. Catherine Vecchio. So, she is a highly experienced professional with over 30 years of expertise in various aspects of mental health. So, like, uh, Dr. Catherine has made significant contributions to the field of mental health, serving in 
private practice as well as in the city, state, and the country government settings. So with a diverse educational background from renowned institutions such as Texas A&M University, Trinity uh, Seminary, uh, Baldwin uh, Wallace College, and uh, Duke University, she brings a wealth of knowledge to her work. So uh, early in her career, like uh, Dr. Vecchio worked uh, as a staff psychologist at a maximum uh, security prison, where she gained a unique understanding of uh, spiritual development and worked closely with death row inmates. So uh, like over the years, uh, Dr. Vecchio has worked with diverse populations, including the individuals in recovery, those uh, on the autism spectrum and veterans. So inspired to develop her own intervention and creative expressive arts program, she has been successful in helping even the most resistant artists experience breakthroughs. So her commitment to serving both private clients through the Vecchio group and underprivileged and underserved populations through the Art for the Heart Foundation is truly remarkable. So her Sicilian heritage and as she already mentioned, so her Sicilian heritage and the influence of her jazz trumpet playing father have shaped her understanding of the importance of the arts in healing and the personal development as well. So uh, her personal journey, including overcoming addiction, adoption, and complex trauma, as well as her athletic pursuits, has provided her with valuable life lessons that she applies to her programs. So through her integration of experience, education, and Creativity, Dr. Vecchio has developed a unique intervention and the program that moves the needle in mental health by awakening the imagination and the personal mm -hmm. development. So we are truly fortunate to have Dr. Vecchio with us today. So get ready for an inspiring and thought-provoking conversation on the power of creative expressive arts, personal development, and obviously the mental health. So welcome to the show, Dr. Catherine. Thank you. That was so nice. Thank you so much. It's humbling. Thank you. Welcome. So um like uh you have you have already explained the things. It's it's so awesome, I would say. So before we get deeper into this topic, can you explain the concept of holistic healing and how it integrates with uh the principles of integrative medicine and the body uh, positivity? Um, well, uh, I was very, very blessed. Uh, I have a home in Durham, North Carolina. And years ago, when health coaching started to become popular, one of the concerns or pieces that people uh paid attention to was licensure certification, you know, just training. And I was really blessed to be near Duke and uh, be accepted into the integrative medicine health coaching program. The reason being, I've always looked for the larger arc 
uh, the whole piece. And Duke University was one of the very first to um, develop this program, and they built a huge complex to support what we were teaching. The uh, the basis of the program is to the, emphasizing two principles. The first is the wheel of health. And if you go to Duke University, if you're interested, I encourage you to look at the integrative medicine website and all of the integrative medicine health coaches so that you could find perhaps someone where you have really good chemistry, right? Um, but the wheel of health, what it addresses is all the separate parts of our individual life, but they're on a wheel and how they work together. For example, things like career, family relationships, physical health, and and spiritual, which, you know, that just rang a bell for me. But so all those separate pieces working together in the wheel of health. And then, so one can't exist or one does not exist without the others and without the synergy we don't have health and i've experienced working in silos you know mental health health career development marriage counseling and uh professionals don't organically look for um do a lot of collateral contact so we may be working and seeing very different things uh so i've seen it move the needle duke is a very very um highly respected institution in the typical practice of western medical health and the fact that they are believers tells us a lot right you know, some of us were believers before it became popular. We knew it. Um, and you're, we're seeing uh, just the data is coming in. Um, so when I work with an individual, we look at all the separate components, work on those. I might refer them to a specific other therapist or coach or mentor Um However, I'm working in conjunction and it's integrated. Um, and, you know, if you if one thinks about it, uh, we look at we look at we have a, a stress hierarchy and inventory. Right. And on it is numbers that are associated with the level of stress. It's quite surprising what is higher than the uh, other. But you see things like loss of job, uh, marital difficulty, uh, a child, having a child with disabilities, right? And how can one not influence the other? And if we're not creating solutions for that, uh, so um, one of the things that I do actually is, I wanted to show you if I can, it's called the chaos necklace. And these beads, 
are sort of the beads that you might find in the back of a drawer, lost beads, right? They start as a perfect pearl necklace, perhaps, and it breaks. And these beads are all in different direction. So we take these beads and we put them together in the most beautiful way. And that idea is that things have to work together and we can make these connections, even though we've been broken, um, that that can lead us to growth. And one part, uh, addressing just the one piece, would not inform other pieces. Uh, An example would be uh, physical health affecting sexuality. So you've got this medical base um, and how that would influence a marriage, right? So we have to address all of it. Um, and that's uh, that's what's so important. And as we were talking earlier, cultural um, influences, um, you know, as a coach, really getting in there and understanding it um, and talking about how that imp impacts an individual's life. Um, so, and it, it, sometimes we work at it from the perspective that individuals are not open to cultural diversity, very closed down, right? So prompting to look at what, what were the traditions? What, what is the lineage, right? What, how does that inform uh, who you are? And it's surprising. Lots of people don't stop to think of it, you know, and, and now I look at my brown skin and I say, ask, because I love my culture and it's a great, you know, it's leading with that for me, right. Is I embrace it um, because I've learned so much um but it was very difficult very very difficult we we also in my groups we work on a um, one project where we'll take a porcelain heart for an example and we make a necklace out of it however the we um paint it and create these broken pieces uh, as if it's a broken pieces that had been and we do that with gold marker and or gold paint and it looks like the heart has been broken and put back together uh and in japan one of the concepts is that when pottery breaks it's called kintsugi and when pottery breaks they repair it with gold leaf and the more seams and brokenness that's put back together, the, they're considered the pottery much more beautiful. And that's the standard, embracing brokenness and finding that um, if you think about it, creating a more beautiful uh, end. What, an, what a nice way to um, take the hero's journey. Exactly, definitely. That, that, that's, that's great. So how do you... Uh approach the concept of total wellness and uh, what are the key components to contribute it that contribute it if i were going to distill this down to the truly most simplistic a couple of these ideas 
Is a person uh, getting enough rest? Pretty simple. Is a person exercising? Those two and, and eating well, those three, but the sleep is so important. So that's one of the first, uh, I, call, I call it um, a suggestion, a prompt a theory, that if we look at those pieces of life, then, then the journey begins. Again, one can't look at existential spiritual development if the fundamental pieces aren't there, if you're sleep deprived, right? Um, my my thesis was uh, worked off a model called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And the way that um, it's a pyramid and, and the idea is safety and security first, then food or food and shelter. And it moves up the pyramid. And the idea is that expecting ourselves or expecting others to have this existential, I call it the hero's journey. If they're not provided with those basic components, then uh, we can't get here. And for lots of people, um, it really boils down to what do I believe? What do I be what do I believe fundamentally is my purpose? Why I'm here? What am I in relationship to anything else? Because um, I was with a person who got news that he had cancer, and the surgeon looked at me. I don't know why, because I would like didn't know what quite how to be supportive. And he said, "Well, what do you think?" And I said, "Well, none of us get out of here alive, do we?" And I held his hand because my thought was, it's true. We avoid it. I mean, it's it's a truth, right? We avoid it. And the connection part that you are not facing this existential journey alone. We're all trying to figure that out, hopefully. Um, but it really boils down, from my perspective, getting at that and, and from there, we can start to do some work and then move toward really growing in that philosophy of life or theology of life. Exactly. Definitely. Um, so like uh, in your experience, how does the body positivity impact an overall uh, individual's well-being and the mental health? Um, the body... What we find is that individuals who've been sexually assaulted often have fertility problems, holding trauma, right? Most of us experience stress, butterflies um, in our stomach, right? So you that's evidence, right, that um, we physically respond to these things that are in our lives. So the body itself, uh, there's a book out, um, the body tells the story and they, we look really dig into what those phys physiological traumas are and they can inform what, what is the path? When does a person get butterflies? 
what happens when a person can't sleep? If the body is sleep deprived, you know, it's very difficult to solve any problem, right? And the body holds it. Um, the body keeps, uh, the, oh, the book is The Body Keeps the Score. I love it, right? Um, it's kind of like, oh, I, I know, I realize that. Um, uh, in, uh, individuals that um, have headaches, I experience are often folks that spend a lot of time thinking, trying to solve a problem. I mean, this is just going all the time. And it's no surprise that it manifests often in the form of a headache. So those are just some examples. Uh, and as I said, you know, for me, the the other piece of integrative medicine that is sort of the arc other than the wheel of health is mindfulness. And that is the approach that is profoundly uh, helpful because we it's centering in the body and even pausing where I'll ask the question, well, where do you feel that in your body? That whatever the emotional um, or issue, where is that in your body? Sometimes it's here or here, right? Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it's really evident that um, there's there's certainly ways that we can address it. But often in Western medicine, we miss it. So I would encourage people to at least try um, to read about it, but inform oneself, um, you know, and uh, I think people, I think, well, most people that are willing to try, but that's one of the most difficult things is pause, stop, pay attention. Exactly. So, um, also, it's a very good question, I'd say, like, because, um, uh, like, how do you address the unique needs of the underprivileged and underserved populations through the art of, or the art for the heart foundation? So, how do you address? Well, our convict, my conviction, and my team now amazing team of people we all believe in the vision that you know we can talk about creative expressive arts which is watercolor paper making yoga dance a book club literature cooking that that's art it's just someone else's canvas um so uh the problem is that underprivileged kiddos don't have access to those supplies, right? And um, often don't have transportation. So the Art for the Heart Foundation was set up so that we could receive uh, donations or uh, grants or uh, funding so that we can provide the group uh, experience but each kiddo or adults, I, I, and I just enjoy those kids so much. Um, sometimes it feels like when I get a paycheck, I'm cheating because <laughs> I get so much from it. 
but every kiddo gets a box of art supplies and it's it's really nice it's complete like pencil sharpeners in there i want everyone to sit in front of the box and go now i don't have to get, go get a marker and then it's a dried out marker right and then you go, ah, forget it right <laughs> but it's very organized and complete and what's really super amazing is i see the kids they, they some of them have never gotten a piece of mail and they get this box and they smell the crayons and even adults because it, it's playful, it's whimsical. And right away start thinking, why is there a rock in here? What are we going to do with a rock? A bag of miscellaneous beads. So the kiddos get the opportunity to utilize mediums and engage supplies that otherwise would not um they would not have access to. Uh, I, before I started this, uh, we did a Friday night social club where people could practice social skills with uh, trained, licensed individuals, coaching, prompting, et cetera. And I did um, an art room and uh, art all night. And one of one of the kids brought in a, a stuffed animal made out of paper. And uh, I've always worked with underprivileged populations in government and augment it with private practice, but I just can't not serve. It's in my blood as a Sicilian. I mean, we, we started impoverished. Uh, so they get this box and I have a curriculum where each week we have activities that build on, on social emotional learning skills. And we uh, we we also reach I say uh, we talk about poverty, but these kinds of tools are often not available to individuals in recovery because they've lost so much of their life. Um, and I mean, uh, income veterans, uh, or they haven't had this type of program presented such that they could imagine that the words that most people say to me, well, I can't do that. I'm an artist. Oh, yes, you have. You haven't, you, you haven't identified what your canvas is yet, but you are. So, uh, oftentimes if we're, um, have a target, uh, um, I'm looking at a, a recovery center right now where they could <clears throat> in, uh, inpatient individuals on free time would have these boxes so that they could take it to the common area. And then there's a curriculum of projects. Uh, and so, again, there's a social emotional learning, but the supply box is painstakingly complete. Okay. Uh, got it. Got it. So, um, great. Like, before we wrap up, like, what advice do you have for our listeners who are interested in embracing a holistic approach to healing and promoting body positivity in their own lives? Well, I encourage individuals to take a look at the Duke Integrative Medicine website. It's almost, uh, 
it's it's mag- it's impeccable. Um, it's very well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would encourage individuals to look at that. And I think the next book I'm going to write is The Things We Don't Tell Our Therapist. <laughs> Lots of times people feel it's so difficult. Notice when you you struggle because that's a place where you most need to find chemistry and safety. And if you're not experiencing that, I say within three sessions, talk about making a shift. If that's the right person for you, when you feel something in your body, stop and pay attention. Stop and notice. Your body, your intuition will tell you so much, but we have sort of amputated that because we're, you know, lemmings. Now, you know, we're, 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 we're there's so much information. There's so much robotic, uh, this. So um, stop and pause. And I encourage individuals to engage mindfulness. If there, if there were the fundamental pieces, <laughs> Notice your sleeping, exercise, eating, and uh, read about mindfulness. If if one only applies it for a minute, that's a victory. Yes. So, wow, that's that's really uh, great. I would say, and uh, thank you, thank you, Doctor Catherine, for sharing your profound insights on the holistic healing and interactive medicine and the positive body positivity as well so um so uh also like um your unique intervention and creative expressive arts program offer transformative experiences uh which allows individuals to tap into their creativity and unlock their full potential so i, ha- I have read this uh from your um bio so i, I thought I, I must share this with the uh the listeners so yeah and and also definitely your commitment to serving both private clients through the uh, vecchio group and underprivileged and underserved populations through the art for the heart foundation is truly commendable so it reflects your deep passion for making a positive difference in the life of others which is unimaginable which is above others so yeah and also also for uh for the listeners i would like to mention to connect with dr catherine and learn more about her work please visit uh to her website which i'll definitely put into the show notes you can uh, reach out to her you can uh connect with her and uh you can definitely uh take sessions from her as well so take the opportunity to explore Thank the resources yeah and uh and also uh the programs she offers so uh and 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 to our listeners like remember that embracing the holistic healing and the body positivity is a journey that involves self-compassion self-acceptance and nurturing a positive relationship with your body and the mind so thank you all for tuning into this insightful episodes of uh, healthy mind and healthy life we hope that you have gained valuable knowledge and inspiration to embark on your own journey of holistic healing and the body positivity so until next time take care of your holistic well-being nurture your body positivity and continue on the path to a healthier and 
happier life. So this is your host, Avik, signing off. Stay healthy and stay positive. So thank you so much. Bye. Thank you.